Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. In a contentious move aimed at fighting the obesity epidemic, the American Medical Association recently recognized obesity as a disease. This recognition and ruling is a controversial one in that the AMA is the largest physician group and its declaration adds pressure on health officials around the world to rethink the way obesity is approached and treated. Here to help us come to grips with this new ruling is Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. Dr. Deal, is it now correct for us to go up to someone who is carrying a lot of excess pounds and say, hey, friend, you're sick? <laughs> that's pretty. That's a stunning comment, no, isn't it? I don't see Chip doing this at all. No, 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 no. But that's exactly what is now the outcome of the classification that the American Medical Association has made about obesity. Yes. It is no longer being considered to be a condition, a behavior-related kind of a problem as such, but it's being seen as a disease. Yeah. Obesity has been declared to be a disease. Therefore, physicians now have to deal with this aspect. You see, as now obesity is being called a disease, it helps the primary care physicians to become less discomfortable about raising weight concerns with their obese patients. I mean, you see, in the past, more than half the obese patients didn't even know. Well, they probably knew, but they had never been told officially by their physicians right, right. that they need to lose weight because the physicians were reluctant to offend their patients. So when you ask that question, yes, uh, there is now a legal prescriptive mm-hmm. order, yes. a declaration to call obesity a disease, mm-hmm. and that means we have to deal with it. You know, something tells me, when I first read about this a few months ago, when I first read about this, I thought... There's got to be dollar signs ringing around here someplace. Why would they do this? There's got to be another reason for this. Are we going to come up with new fat pills? Are we going to come up with obesity potions? Uh, are, are there going to be procedures based on the fact that you're carrying excess pounds that were not insurable before, that were not coverable before? Now, because this is a disease, we can now have insurance to cover the fact that we eat too much. Well, that's a very uh, interesting question that you raised there. Um, uh, I think it's a fairly complex issue. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I think the American Medical Association, as the largest body of organized medicine perhaps in the world, wanted to send a message out, uh, not only to Americans, but probably beyond that, that we need to pay more attention to obesity. Because it had been swept under the rug, sort of, like I said earlier, physicians were somewhat reluctant to really even address the issue. They sometimes uh, wouldn't even weigh them anymore because they didn't want to offend people, right? Physicians don't have a problem offending me by saying, you've got cancer, or you've got a tumor, or you have diabetes. 
what is this offense then? Aren't they supposed to make us well? If obesity is a disease and the whole idea of a physician is to make us well, why would they be offended by something that they're trying to make us well from? What's, that's bad English there, but why is that? Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to announcing to a person that, you know, you have cancer, yeah. at least we have the belief system yeah. that once you have diagnosed it, we have an answer for it, okay. right? Uh, But when it comes to obesity, we are really uh, searching for answers. It's a very complex issue. Uh, We don't know. And especially as physicians, we are not really trained in dealing with the complexity of the issue because you cannot just issue a medication. You cannot just give an infusion. You cannot just do a surgery. I mean, when it comes to heart disease and and cancer and declaring someone is hypertensive, at least we think we have some answers. But when it comes to obesity, you see... Uh, it's a it's a complex issue and so what this has really done it has drawn the attention to an ever enlarging epidemic when you think about this since 1985 the American adult population has increased by about 1% a year in obesity. So that means since 1985 to 2015 almost now, yeah. uh, which has done 15, 30 years, uh, we have seen a dramatic increase yeah. in obesity so that today in some other states, 35% of the adults are now obese. 1985, it was fairly relatively rare. Yes. Uh, it was less than 10% of the population. Today, you go to Louisiana, you go to some of the southern states, you go to some of the Mexican areas, 35% of the adults are obese and another 30% are overweight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have 78 million American adults obese. Mm-hmm. And then there's another 12 million children. That's, that's 17% of all the children today have a medical condition that requires treatment. Imagine. Well, I'm seeing where you're going with this thing, and and I'm glad. We also have to educate ourselves. I mean, for for the doctor to think of obesity as a disease is one thing, but how do we then train you and me? How do we train the general public, the the patient? How do we say to the world, you're not fat, you're sick? How do we do that? Well, let me go back to what you uh, addressed earlier. You kind of questioned the idea, are there some other agendas here? Why the American Medical Association is now declaring that obesity is a disease. It's no longer a condition. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a bad behavior, but it's really a, a sickness. You know, as we declare this to be a sickness, it also now pushes insurance companies to reimburse physicians for the time-consuming task of discussing obesity health risks with the patients. Look, you're obese, you have a disease, which means the likelihood of diabetes is about five to seven times more likely. The chance of heart disease is three to five times more likely. You have more likelihood of cancer, of hypertension, of stroke, of sleep apnea, and it all takes time for the physician to do. And if they don't get paid for it, they don't do it. I mean, that's a, that's a fair issue, really. Yes. I mean, if you have a business and uh, you cannot get reimbursed for what you do in a business, well, then you don't do it. And physicians are not very different there. Yeah. So if they don't get reimbursed for spending time in uh, talking to patients about it, well, 
they probably don't do it, and that's usually the case. And so this now uh, pushes physicians and pushes insurance companies to reimburse physicians for the time that they spend in at least drawing the attention of people that, look, you have a disease. You're obese, and with that obesity, you are having all kinds of other problems that are coming along with it. And so I think the decision of the AMA of making the diagnosis and treatment of obesity obligatory uh, by physician mm-hmm. helps in physicians to become less discomfortable about really raising the weight concerns with obese patients. So I think that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that really disturbs me is, uh, you know, the issue that you raised, and that is... Uh, So we raise the issue of obesity as physicians. You are obese. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, of course, most people already knew it anyway, right? (laughs) But now you really declare it. The next question that I have is, so you declare you have a disease. And so when you have a disease, you also have to treat it. So you actually medicalize a human condition that is related to lifestyles Mm -hmm. and habit patterns and environment. Mm Right, mm-hmm. and for which we have no real good answer, Doctor Deal. I'm going to go counter this. We don't have any good treatments for it, right? But we do have good treatments, except the doctors don't know anything about this. Okay, okay, I come to that. What I was referring to is that we have no good medical treatment. Okay, all right, okay. okay. See, I mean, people come to me and say, "Well, but you know, we can do bariatric surgery, we can yeah, do a gastric yeah, bypasses, yeah. we can cut out some portions of the intestine, and so we make uh, Americans to become gutless wonders." <laughs> Oh, you know, <laughs> or we, we take the lap band yes, and we make the yes. stomach pouch surgically smaller mm-hmm. or, you know, we have this band now which constricts uh, and causes the stomach to be put into two halves mm-hmm. and this band now tightens like mm-hmm. a belt so you have a small opening and so less food goes through. I mean, we have all these bizarre treatments yeah, right. which are very, very expensive and they really don't work because even if they may help initially to help the very, very obese to lose some weight, they still have to make life style behavioral changes. Mm -hmm. So my point is that what concerns me greatly is that I don't feel comfortable to cause obesity a sickness because once you call it a sickness, that means that you see the doctor, the doctor gives you medication or uh, a a surgical procedure, and now you're cured. Mm -hmm. Wrong. It doesn't work. Yes, yes, yes. So that then means that you are driving me now (laughs) by your questioning Mm -hmm. towards saying, yes, but maybe there is an answer, but it's an answer that has to be found in a different arena, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yep. is that what driving at? Yeah, absolutely. And we need to start, if, if this other arena is the answer, and I know exactly what's in this other arena, and so do you, if the other arena mm-hmm. is the answer, doctors need to know about this other arena. They need to be trained in this other arena. They need to be compensated for learning in this other arena. But doctors mm-hmm. are resistant to even moving anywhere near that other arena arena. And that's my problem with this. Well, you are very uh, passionate about this. this <laughs> I am very too. passionate about this because I care about people's health and we are being led here someplace where it's going to be yeah. damaging to us, not a good place for us to go. Yeah. But personally, I have some real concerns uh, about having physicians becoming involved yes. in a program yes. that is teaching oriented because it's too expensive. Yes, you cannot yes. afford a physician to, to, to take that time, to take that role. A physician then would have to have a team uh, mm. of 
of uh, behavioralists, mm-hmm. uh, a team of physician assistants, maybe well-trained nurses that could be ideally trained uh, to conduct uh, this program in a group setting to make it more affordable yes. and economic viable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole reason why physicians have only about eight to ten minutes time to talk to a patient because it's so expensive to see a physician. Yeah. Yeah, See? Yeah. And so we need to find a new model for this whole concept. And I don't think that the physician should provide these services. I think the physician should perhaps be directing the patients to seek treatment. But we have to have, I think, a medically supervised non-medical model mm. to deal with these behavioral issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, of course, another complex uh, issue that we might want to discuss maybe later on uh, because... Uh, Uh, What are we going to do even uh, in terms of providing this behavioral concept? Mm -hmm. Because it's not just behavior. It's also the foods that are out there. It's environment that tempts us. It's the marketing that pushes us. It's the lack of restaurants that are serving healthy foods. We have to have a social and a cultural transformation to really attack this epidemic. Well, what I hear you saying here, and we'll take a short break and return to the program in just a minute, but what I hear you saying here is that we really can't go to our doctor to the medical establishment for the answer to this thing. I don't, I don't care what they want to call it. I don't care what procedures they have that they think they can throw at this thing. But the answer is not found in a pill. It's not found with a bill from the doctor. It is not found from that examination in the room other than him saying, you need help. There's something you need to do. When we come back, Dr. Deal, I want to ask you directly, okay, Dr. Deal, you tell us, what should we do to fight the obesity disease. Stay tuned. I felt that I was living a healthy lifestyle, but I was starting to uh, have a few problems that I attributed to aging. I did not consider myself obese, but I had gained 40 pounds over a period of about 25 years. My cholesterol was raising, my blood pressure was beginning to creep up, I was on medication, a series of medications for lowering my cholesterol, but the condition that affected my lifestyle the most was the osteoarthritis in my knees. I had very limited mobility and limited range of motion, constant pain, and this was affecting the interaction with my grandchildren. When I first began making changes through the CHIP program, pounds began to melt off right away. Inflammation and other symptoms of my osteoarthritis in my knees just disappeared. I was able to eliminate medication that I was taking for cholesterol. I felt so much better, had so much energy, and I truly believe I was healthier than I was in my 40s. CHIP has given me a second chance for an active life and a long life. I'm really looking forward to being an active part of my grandchildren's lives as they grow, and I've chosen to be healthy for the rest of my life. Are you ready to be healthy for the rest of your life? Visit chiphealth.com to begin your journey. 
Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. We're here with Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. And we're talking about a recent ruling by the American Medical Association that calls obesity a disease. Is this a good idea? Dr. Deal has made it very clear that there are some upsides to this, but there are definitely some downsides to this. Before we get back into the discussion, Dr. Deal, before you mentioned that if you want to find where fat people live, that would be in the South. Now, I'm sure the people in the South are saying, hey, why are you picking on us? Where should we move to? Give us a, <laughs> give us a better place to live then. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? But, you know, it's really true. The uh, metropolitan uh, large areas uh, where obesity is most commonly found mm-hmm. is some areas in Texas, and it's in uh, Louisiana, it's in Mississippi. Uh, we sometimes call this the coronary corridor that goes yes, to the uh, – Carolinas, all the way up to Illinois, and so on. And this is where obesity is very, very prominent. Uh, well, it apparently has something to do with the uh, socioeconomics. Mm-hmm. It has to do uh, with the uh, culture. It has to do with uh, education. These are the kind of things. Mm, okay. Well, so is there a place in this country where obesity is not as big an issue? Where, where should we move to? The environment does play a role. Uh, you know, if you really want to find uh, the place where you have the least obesity, you want to go to Colorado. Mm. I mean, there are four metropolitan areas, like it's uh, Fort Collins, it's Denver, it's Boulder, and it's Colorado Springs. And the obesity rates there are in the area of 10 to 15 percent, wow. while in the South and in most uh, states, it's in the neighborhood of 25 to 35 percent of the adults. Mm, okay. So, and as you know, the environment uh, and the, the the company that you keep has an influence on uh, the level of weight that you have. Yes, For instance, yes. if you surround yourself with many many obese friends, you know you may not realize that you are a little bit on the chubby side yourself, yes. and you just feel totally comfortable. You might even feel like you're one of the slimmer ones. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, a physician should write out prescription to an obese person, move to Denver. There we go. That's the RX for you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But you know, the other thing that was really of concern to me too is as we have now an AMA Mm -hmm. declaration that obesity is a disease, we also have to be concerned that Medicare now as a federal health care program for the elderly and for the disabled covers 50 million people. Mm -hmm. And of these, 15 million people are considered to be obese and they now have to be covered by Medicare payments Mm. to doctors who provide a program that may not be all that effective because doctors usually prescribe or you know they have you have the pills or you have the procedures that's it and that's where we have a real dilemma because we really have no medications that we can use for creating a help for obesity well we have tried the amphetamines but there are some problems there we have tried bariatric surgery Mm -hmm. uh you know there are some problems there too it can be helpful but it's really only for the very 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 obese and so what are we going to do now that's the question we need to ask ourselves. And you know what? And I praise God for this. There's an answer. You have an answer, Dr. Deal. You have spent over 30 years of your life providing this answer. And I want you to share that journey with us today on the program, Dr. Deal. The answer that you have there is what? What have you found that bypasses the doctor, bypasses the pharmaceuticals, mm. bypasses the government, bypasses the, the insurance companies? It bypasses it all and also makes us slender and healthy. What do you have for us, Dr. Deal? I think this whole epidemic of obesity 
is bad fooditis. Yes. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an infection. It's an infection with bad foods. And so I am mm. a little bit uh, reserved in blaming it all on the victims of obesity, mm. but because uh, they're also being seduced by the culture. Uh, everywhere you go, you have food. And it's always the fattening foods. It's always high in sugar. It's high in fat. We recognize that some of these processed foods, which is now the majority of the calories that we eat, right. the majority of the calories we eat come from foods that are purposefully made high in sugar, mm. salt, and fat because it causes a very pleasurable sensation in the brain to the extent that we are now beginning to talk about obesity as an addiction. Mm. It's an addiction that has to do with the salt, the fat, and the sugar that cause these pleasurable hits in the brain. Mm. So you cannot just eat one mm. You cannot eat just one potato chip. You're just under compulsion almost to do it. So so instead of just saying, well, it's just a behavioral problem, well, it's a little bit more complex than that. It ultimately, I think, comes down to for people to understand through education mm-hmm. that uh, how you choose the foods and perhaps also how you exercise largely drives how many excess calories you're accumulating in your body mm-hmm. that then shows up as obesity and then expresses itself in many of these diseases such as diabetes and gallstones and heart disease and strokes and cancers and, and, and. And so I, as you know, I'm somewhat very empathetic towards our obese and overweight friends sure, yes. because it's not just making better decisions of how we ought to eat, but it's also changing the culture to have health your restaurants, to have an environment that is more helpful to you. I just walked some stairs at some hospital. It's very, very interesting. And they want to teach their employees to use the stairs more often than the elevator Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they want their employees to also drive down the obesity in the employee pool. Guess what they have? They have a program called Stare at the Stairs. <laughs> Stare is spelled S-T-A-R-E. And what they have, they're beautiful, beautiful, large pictures when you take the stairs in the stairwell there. Mm. And so stare at the stairs. <laughs> and as you do, <laughs> you know, and you know, we need to engineer exercise into our culture. We need to engineer good, healthy foods into our church potluck programs. Mm. We need to engineer uh, healthier foods into our school lunch programs. You know, all of these things we have to begin to work with. We have to stop the uh, subsidies by the federal government of the meat industry so that we can produce hamburgers very, very cheaply when they really should cost more like 10 or $15. Mm-hmm. Really, that should be the price uh, if it wasn't for the subsidies. So we need to re-engineer the environment. But aside from that, we also have to become educated that you pick the right foods when you go shopping because what you shop and bring home is what you eat, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? Yes. And so that has to do with chip, and that's why uh, for the last 25 years, I've given pretty much my life to providing education through our CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Program, which provides some 30 hours of education for people. And we are, you know, I'm happy to tell you, we have now 65,000 graduates, and these people have changed lives. Uh, They eat more food of the right kind, 
and they lose weight. They lose 10 pounds in 30 days without mm. even trying. And they said, we're never hungry. <laughs> and that's what you want. You know, what we do in, in obesity management, in the behavioral thing, we usually say push away from the table. You don't eat so, so much. Uh, chew 15 times before you take the next uh, spoonful. It doesn't work. Yeah. What we need to do is help people understand that when you eat foods that are very concentrated in calories, you are a goner. There's not much you can do. Yeah. But if you choose foods that are high in fiber and very high in nutritional value, but low in calories, such as you eat more fresh fruits, you eat more vegetables, uh, you eat more uh, whole grain products, you know, like whole grain cereal for breakfast mm-hmm. rather than these pre-sweetened type things. And when you eat more beans and, and more uh, lentils, uh, you know, and, and maybe even a few uh, nuts, you know, uh, then you can eat more food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you feel full and you feel uh, satisfied, there's a satiety there, and you see the pounds melting off. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. people are totally stunned. They say to me, you mean I can eat potatoes? Aren't potatoes fattening? I said, yeah, they're, they're fattening if you open them up and you fill them up with uh, sour cream and, and butter mm-hmm. and, and cheese and everything else. Yeah, But if you put some lentil soup on top of that potato, you know, to give it some moisture, to give it some flavor and so on, Wow, you can eat all the potatoes you want. You cannot gain weight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, what I hear you saying here is that we really shouldn't concern ourselves too much about what the AMA is doing and recognizing obesity as a disease. We shouldn't be concerned about the fact that our doctor doesn't have an answer for the obesity epidemic that that works. We should not be concerned that that these these diet pills and these potions are are, are a waste of money because we know better. We have something that even our doctors don't have, and that is a knowledge, a knowledge of what we Mm. need to do to deal with our own personal obesity problem. And that, Dr. Deal, to me, is the best news I've heard in months. So what I recommend to people is, you know, nourish your body. Mm. Don't feed your face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. use your body. You know, don't neglect it. Uh, I I try to help people understand that they are in charge of what they eat, but they're also in charge how they feel about their body and themselves because uh, sometimes it's what's eating us that's causing us (laughs) to to go to the food, the comfort foods. Mm -hmm. So we need to begin to deal with our stresses and stressors in life. And then I think we have to have the education to help us to make the right choices, better choices. Do it in a group where you have accountability. Do it in a group where you have some friends and you have support. And, you know, these are the kind of things that I think would be the most effective steps in turning this epidemic around. It's not by declaring it a sickness and then providing some some pills and some surgeries. That's not the answer. It has to be done by helping people to have answers coming from within, where they make decisions of what they want to accomplish in life. Do I want to be around? Do I want to see the grandchildren grow up? And then how do I best do this by choosing foods that are high in nutritional value and low in calories, such as fruits and vegetables and whole grains and perhaps some uh, legumes like beans and lentils. Mm. Oh, that is a wonderful, and, that's and, encouraging. And, and, that's just encouraging. Yeah, and, and get into an exercise program, mm. you know, to, to stay fit. These, these are the kind of things. And really also perhaps bring the ultimate power into your life. You know, for some people, it might be folding our hands again mm. and saying, I can't handle this by myself, mm. but there's 
a power there. I want to tie into that. Mm. Oh, I like that. There is also a website, listener, that you can visit to learn more about what Dr. Deal has just said and also discover if there is a complete health improvement program coming near you. That's www.chiphealth.com. There's articles there, videos to look at, lots of good information and encouragement. And that's important. We need to be encouraged to do what's right. We don't need to be ridiculed. We don't need to be made fun of. We don't need to be the butt of jokes. We need to say this is serious stuff, serious enough that the AMA calls it a disease. This is serious stuff. And our health is at risk here. So go to www.chiphealth.com to get more information about the CHIP program and to make your life better and the life of your family that much better too. Well, Dr. Deal, you are always an encouragement to me and to our listeners, and I appreciate your words of wisdom today. Thank you, Dr. Deal. Thank you. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Hans Deal inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org.